Hey, everybody. Everybody who's still listening. Uh, sorry for the, like, two-month hiatus, it seems like, about now. Uh, don't, I mean, again, don't have a great excuse. We were just really busy with work, and then we went on vacation, and then we were tired, and then now we're back. I apologize for nothing. <laughs> now we're back, and we're here to talk about uh, Home Cookery and Other Sins, which is a show where... Nick and Ashley talk about cooking new dishes at home. Old, well, newer old dishes to us, but the recipes that inspired us from all over the internet. And we kind of pick them apart and just talk about generally things that home cooks struggle with and we struggle with. And and also a lot of not about cooking because side tangents are really bad sometimes. And that's okay. Is that where my personality is? That's the bonus content. You're a bonus content. (laughs) Um, God, that's what I remember last two months hiatus in our last video we put out, or video podcast we put out, I guess is probably just shy of two hours and maybe 40 minutes of it is talking about actually cooking. We went on some weird rabbit hole last time. That was kind of long. I forget what we were talking about, but... Something political, like always. Yeah. But, I mean, is is that the new norm now? Is that what's expected, or...? No, it no. just depends who's listening to your podcast. <laughs> you're going to alienate some people, and you're going to make some friends. It's, you know, you can't win with everybody, right? This is true. Speaking of, that Tucker Carlson, huh? Yeah, I'm... <laughs> I mean, I'm going to, I don't know anything about our demographic, but uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that we're okay talking about that, if you really wanted to. I was just, I, it, I, I just found out from Nick just like minutes ago that he was minutes ago. fired from Fox, and I was like, just now? Like, this just finally happened? What? Yeah. <laughs> Right? That man was just a lawsuit waiting to happen. Waiting to happen. So, I don't know. You know. Nothing surprises me, right? Alex Jones is still allowed to be on TV, so. Well, he's also in the deep shit hole. Well, yeah, but he's still on TV, isn't he? Podcasts, but. That's, yeah. <laughs> digital radio. I think he is. I mean, Tucker Carlson could still be on TV. He just isn't on Fox. That's true. But that was like, I guess like maybe they just didn't want to let him go because... Well, he was one of their highest rated, their most watched shows. Is it hate watching? No. Well, I mean, no. Not not the people that tune into Fox and Friends. It could be hate watching. Uh, Some of it's hate watching, but a lot of it is people like either background noise or who are truly interested in it. Mm, Fox... I feel like even Fox knows what they what oh, they are. Oh, even Tucker Carlson knew what they were saying about how shitty, like how shitty what they were saying was. He knew, but he they, just they did feel, it for the for the bit. It feels like they all like know and aren't really that yeah, shy about it. They just want to get paid. Yeah, you're like, oh, but consequences <laughs> of their words be damned. Yeah, it's like you're not parody comics, like people your news reporters or you well, used to be you know fox news did um 
make sure to specify that <laughs> shows like Tucker Carlson weren't actually news. This is not news. Even though they presented it all as news. Yeah, it had the like intros and everything, you know. Yeah. With they t- gave it a lot of news graphics, and but it was just an opinion piece about politics. Do you think people change the anchors, like the old school anchors? Do you think they change their names to be things like Sunny Rains? And... Oh, God, yeah. They had to, right? No, nobody has. Not everybody <laughs> was, is given a perfect acting or news broadcasting name out of birth. There's so many people that change their name. Dallas Rains. Yeah, that guy is not, his name is not Dallas Rains. <laughs> One of those two names is his actual name. But not both of them combined. Oh, yeah. That reminds me of, uh, like, Weather Channel people and news anchors and stuff. Always reminds me of that kind of later, I guess, mid-South Park episode. Oh. Where they, did, where they formed a news team yep. and Token, like... South Park. Action News. Yeah. Token learned how to use his white guy voice. Yep. It was great. It was really... That was like the... Like, good times of South Park. Yeah, more recent South Park. It's really hit and miss. Like Oh, I think the last several years are just absolute trash. I mean, of the most recent season, there were six or eight episodes. And I'd say only one and a half of them was actually funny. Yeah, and even the ones that are kind of funny, like, it's really low-hanging fruit. Well, because uh, you said it the other couple weeks ago, the shock factor of the show is gone. And yeah, that's what too that's, much of the humor is relying on. That's what the show was. It's just how gross can we be? And, you know, and after you've done everything, everybody's mm. like, yeah, okay, well. Well, just like I said earlier, they got want to get their money. Also, in clown world, like, it's just way too easy to make fun of stuff. Because it's like life is already like a parody of itself, you know, mm-hmm. in real life. So comics must just be kind of having a hard time coming up with material because it's well notice without being like super contrived because we're like yeah we that just happened literally you're just saying something that happened. A lot of comedians now seem to do more stuff on their life, yeah, and like observational comedy. At least for the mainstream comics (laughs) that that I get shown on Netflix and whatnot, don't do a lot of observational comedy anymore about like events. Yeah, they Unless don't... they're, like, really extremely into it. Yeah, that's true. A lot of them don't do, like, political no, comedy. There's no casual mention of politics in it. You either yeah. do political jokes or you don't. I remember um, that people used to do, especially when Bush was president and um, early Obama, people would do casual political jokes. They would just work them into a set piece that don't age well at all anymore. You know? Because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, yeah, I think I remember that event. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'll skip over this part to watch the rest of the shit stand up. Yeah, a lot of it's like if you weren't there, you're not going to get it kind of thing. Yeah. But, you, well, it's like Patton Oswalt. I think it was Patton Oswalt in one of his later ones where he was saying, or maybe it was one of the earlier ones, but he was, like, making a joke about how People think it must be really easy to do comedy now that, like, Trump's in office. Because that was back when Trump was in office. And he's like, no, because, like, the joke's already out. It's already too much of a joke to joke about. 
Well, he was, he was saying that the jo- by the time you craft a good joke, it's so outdated because he's done so- did something right, else. Right, that too. So outlandish. And like, why would I listen to you? I could just watch this happen. I don't need you to write jokes for me. Yeah. The event in and of itself. Just subscribe to Donald Trump's Twitter feed. Like, that's all you need. I, <laughs> you know, uh, it's, anyway, it, I don't know. The world's really crazy and people are really stupid. That's why you gotta stick to talking about food. That's why you Nobody gotta gets... find a hobby that doesn't have to do with politics because it's way too depressing. Right? Nobody gets mad about food. I mean, somebody does, but somebody gets mad about everything. Well, everybody gets the, mad about everything, man. If you bring up the wrong recipe, somebody will get mad at you because you're doing the 83 East German version and the only true version is the 92 West Ham. I think those are very different. Isn't West Ham like England? Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> at least I knew that. Two very different It could countries. have been West Hamburger. <laughs> well, or Hamburg. But no, it's West Ham, England. Is Hamburg Austria or Germany? It is also Austria, yes. Austria, yeah. See, another place I know where it is. Wow, good job, Oh, me. good for you. You know where hamburgers came from. Dude, geography is not a thing that I know. Geography is hard. Like, I, if you haven't heard or you haven't been listening in a while or whatever, I'm a political science major. But you but, don't know where anything is. Well, that's not... I mean, if I need to know, I can look it up, like, for right. reasons. Ooh, good job. You memorized a map. I'll Google it. Yeah, or just look at a map. Like, there's maps everywhere. You don't need to memorize maps. Mm-hmm. But either it's way. It's a cool party <laughs> trick to know where shit is, but. I guess. No, I mean, it makes you feel dumb when you're trying to talk about world issues, which is why I kind of try not to talk too much about world issues. One, because I don't really know anything about the world, and two, because I don't know where anything is. So I'm like, oh yeah, Africa, that's in Egypt, right? And people are like, what in the fuck? (laughs) You know. Strike that, reverse it. Yeah. Egypt, it's in Africa. Yes. Uh, So I just try not to talk about it too much, other than like U.S. politics, because that's more what I know. Yeah. But even then, it's like, I talk about it to a limited extent, and I work in software, because I don't ever want to have to like, deal with politics on a real basis yeah because it's too much it's just it's far too much it's you can't escape like how so we just have our fun little echo chamber here where we both agree with each other and (laughs) well on most stuff on most on the most of the important things we don't agree on everything though i feel like couples that agree on everything are kind of creepy well, it's just kind of boring. It is boring. Like, you don't... What do you, what do, you do? You just you agree just, all day? Like... I think Oreos are the best cookie. Yes. Huh? Okay, great conversation there. Yeah, what? It's weird. Uh, Ashley hates Oreos, by the way. Yes, I hate Oreos. I think Do you hate Oreos or you just don't like them? Because there's a difference. I don't like them. See, there's the difference. If you were desperate for a cookie... And that I'm, was the see, only one. I'm never desperate for cookies. Because well, I don't care about cookies. You know what I'm saying, though. If you in the exact <laughs> If somebody moment, was like, I'm going to shoot you in the face if you don't eat this Oreo. I'd be like, yeah, dude, whatever. Give me the Oreo. <laughs> if you desperately wanted a cookie and that was the only option, you wouldn't go without if you truly wanted a cookie. If I was massively drunk and the only food was Oreos... 
I would probably eat some Oreos. There you go. But there are some foods that no matter how inebriated you are, you, people just aren't going to eat because they hate them that much. Yeah, probably not like duck vaginas or, you know, <laughs> weird, really weird stuff. I'll eat most stuff, but not really weird stuff. Um, would you eat straw and hay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like literal straw and hay that we feed to the cows and horses. Oh, I mean, I'd really rather not do that. I feel like that would puncture my, like, organs right? and stuff. It wouldn't, but it feels like it would. Or how, like, I wouldn't be able to chew it enough mm-hmm. to swallow it. <laughs> you could, but it would be very uncomfortable. Would you eat whatever version of straw and hay this uh, recipe that we're going to talk about is? Yes, I would eat it. For sure. Would you like to introduce this? I would not put Oreos in it, but I would eat it. See, I don't... See, that's that's the level to which I don't like Oreos. I don't like... Don't like them as cookies. I don't like them in ice cream. I don't like them in cereal. Oh, I don't like them in ice cream either because it's really overplayed. And it's just the lazy cookies and cream. And I'd rather have good cookies and cream. Yeah, I'd rather have good cookies and cream. So, what, yeah... And my biggest, I mean, my problem with Oreos is the cookie, like... Is fine. No, the flavor of the cookie is not good. Like, the um, chocolate flavor is, it's I not... Think it's fine. It's not appealing at all. And then the cream in the inside is just nothing, so it's like... Yeah, that's so why you gotta get the double stuffed. No, it tastes like nothing, so you... No, it tastes like delicious. No, it tastes like, well, I'm sorry, it tastes like sugar. Yeah, delicious. So you just have this, like, shitty chocolate surrounding, like, shitty sugar. I'm like, I don't get it. I don't understand what the problem is here. I don't get it. Um, um, you just don't understand greatness. Um, I have very low standards for uh, sugar products. Well, yeah. I just so, have really high standards for sugar products. Or oh, for I will just inhale all sugar products dessert, all the time. Dessert type things, because I just, like, don't really care. Do you have dessert? I'll eat it. Yeah. If it's, like, yeah, if you brought, like, me, you brought me, like, the cock, the Costco. Wow. Oh, Cockos. You know Costco? Uh, where they got the cookies that come in a box, you know, the assorted cookies. And it, I feel like you either love them or you don't like them. Like, you either love them or you don't care. People freak out about them. And you're like, they're just shitty cookies. I don't, I don't understand why people like them so much. They're not good they're at not, all. I mean... At all. I'm not going to say they're good. I'm just going to say that, like, you know, they're a cookie. They're not good at all. And if I wanted a cookie, I'm really grateful that they were here today. I like... I'm not, like, begrudging people bringing them to a gathering, because, like, somebody will eat them. I, yeah. But, see, but then they don't, though. And if the gathering's at your house, then you got a big box of these stupid cookies that you don't want. And now you're stuck with them, because yeah. nobody ever takes the desserts on. Nope. I don't want that shit. Uh, I mean, because it's like, I'm just going to throw it away, because I'm not going to eat it. Um, yeah, so those Costco cookies... They're just kind of stupid. If you brought me, like, cookies that you made today... Well, of course I'm going to eat them. Then I'll try one because you made the cookie. Unless it has, like, a bunch of coconut because it's gross. But, you know, it's something I just don't care about. But if it's you homemade it, then yeah, okay. Probably good. Um, it's just... It's a big difference. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway, we're here to talk about pasta. 
<laughs> we oh, did. shit. We were talking about pasta? Yes, we did a couple... I think we did a couple Asian recipes back to back. Yes. Oh, yeah, we did. And now we're... We're moving on to Italian for a second. Um, this is... So, it's an Ina Garden recipe because Ina Garden's awesome. But she... Uh, like, she makes the claim that it's, like, based on an Italian dish. And I'm like... What Italian dish? Loosely based, perhaps. It's called straw and hay in Italian, which I don't know what that is. Uh, what that what those words are. But theoretically, okay. there is a dish like this that is Italian. It's called straw and hay in Italian. I don't know, but... <laughs> I don't know, but uh, it, it's, you know, it has some Italian elements happening. You, I mean, it's a, it's a long pasta with prosciutto instead of like bacon or um, pancetta. It's prosciutto and peas on like a long pasta with a gorgonzola cream sauce, which is the interesting part of this um, because... Gorgonzola, if you've had it, is, I mean, it's, it's a blue cheese, right? It's like a super pungent, punch-you-in-the-face kind of cheese. <laughs> it's a lot of flavor. Um, and I was very interested to try that in a cream sauce because I really like, like, stinky, big blue cheeses in general. And, I mean, I, I was, I wasn't wrong. It's really good, but I was, like, if you, this is definitely a recipe that if you do not like blue cheese, you will not like this. Because it's just, the whole dish is just blue cheese sauce. Um, and prosciutto that's supposed to be crispy, but we haven't quite figured that out yet. But we'll probably make it again because I really liked it. I definitely liked the blue cheese sauce because I, like you, I'm somebody that likes blue cheese. Um, I don't remember. This is how underwhelming the prosciutto was in this. I don't remember that it was in there. No, well, it was there. I remember the delicious blue cheese sauce, and that's about it. <laughs> I mean, you could. This is you could definitely not use prosciutto. You could use like bacon or you could use pancetta. It would probably be just as good. I just was like intrigued by the idea of the of the crispy prosciutto. I mean, I know how to make it crispy prosciutto now, but I would do what she did, but I'll talk about that later. All right. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about this this creamy sauce pasta. Creamy sauce. And the order in which, or the, the topics we're going to discuss are first impressions of the recipe, shopping for the ingredients, cooking, uh... Tasting the product and rating. The product? What are we, like a business now? No, no one will sponsor us. <laughs> well, that's because we don't put out content for two months. Yes, probably. I mean, in part, yes. Uh, it's also your extreme political point of views. Well, you know. I see, I haven't even really talked about trans, so I don't know what everybody's all up in arms about. That's wow. usually That's usually the one that freaks people out. I was going to make a, uh, an extreme political joke, but it was going to be irrelevant to the current situation, and now you just ruined the impact of it. Sorry. I was going to say, tell the people what you think of Ronald Reagan, and 
Like, who gives a shit? Bro, no one cares about Ronald Reagan. Well, they cared about him a couple years ago for some reason. Okay, boomer. <laughs> uh, Ronald Reagan sucks, and anyway. <laughs> Not the giver. Yes, there's a lot of problems with Ronald Reagan. <laughs> yes. And... So we, we're talking about rating? We're talking about rating. How we're would you rate this? going to rate the recipe based on how easy it is to use, how good it tastes, uh, how cost-effective it is, um, how weird it is, and how well it leftovers. How weird it is? That's not what you wrote down. Well, we call it the what-the-fuck factor. Thank you. We have integrity here. We have a system. We have a system, and that system has integrity. Integrity. Oh. I'll thank you for sticking to it. All right. Um, <laughs> don't don't make fun of my passion. You say so. Don't uh, make fun of my passion. First, uh, okay. First impressions. Passion. First impression. My first impression is that it was passionate. Mm. No, I have no idea why. First impressions of the recipe. Yeah. Uh, you told me that we were gonna make uh, blue cheese sauce, and I went, "What the fuck." Yes, he did do that. Uh, because, he was like, this is going to be stupid and bad. And yeah. I was like, no, dude, it's going to be so good. Because blue cheese is good, but it has to be in um, moderation. And a sauce... Does, it does it? In a it, sauce... It doesn't. After, <laughs> for my initial impression, I went, blue cheese does not go in a sauce because that's going to be so overwhelming. It's going to be one singular blue cheese note through the entire dish. That was my first impression. But I also said, Ashley knows what the fuck she's talking about, so let's well, do it. Well, it's a cream sauce, so like... Yeah, also, how is this based on an Italian recipe, and you have a heavy cream sauce? There's cream sauce in Italian. Yeah, no, there is. Alfredo. No, what? No. Yes. No, Alfredo is an American Italian dish. They do not serve cream sauce pasta. In Italy. Are you sure? It doesn't depend on what region, though. They don't serve chicken with pasta, either. I know that. But I also feel like that might be region. I feel like like these generalizations are too broad because... Well, because having watched the Stanley Tucci series about Italy and going to all the different regions of Italy, so much stuff that I would have never thought was Italian food, just depending on where you're at. No, I get that, but... So I'm like, I mean, are you talking like, you know, <laughs> Florence, they don't have this? I don't know. But, I, I don't know. We, it could be, it could be American. This, it is. So the... Uh, I think this, this recipe is probably very American. So, yes, a cream sauce made with heavy cream is American. Because fettuccine Alfredo, in Italian, is a butter and emulsified cheese sauce. Which is not a heavy cream sauce. Yes. And that's what I was talking about. Because we did make a Bavish's Alfredo. That I think was that. Yeah, which was that. But what you're thinking of... What what we're talking about as a cream sauce for this gorgonzola sauce 
But yes. if you like, if you cook butter, you melt a bunch of cheese in it. Like you get Alfredo, it's better. It's way better the doing it that way than you know using heavy cream and things like that. To kind, of, it's kind of like shortcut, easy ways to get similar things, but they're not quite the same. Um, it's based on something that's real. But it's based on something that's real. I'm looking at like old versions of it that came to the U.S. Uh, and there was one in 1966. Where they served fettuccine egg noodles, and the al- the Alfredo sauce included cream and Swiss cheese, as well as Parmesan and butter, to make your fettuccine Alfredo sauce. It's like an early American version of it. Nineteen sixty-six. Um, right. Swiss. Okay. Here's the thing. Swiss is a good melting cheese, but it doesn't have a ton of flavor unless you're talking about like a different type of you know like your average swiss is not very flavorful if you're talking about like havarti emmentaler those kinds of things have a little bit more going on but they're still not you know massively flavorful um i don't know i feel like if we've learned anything about like good gooey cheesy goodness it's that you want to use multiple cheeses for most things, like grilled cheese or cheese sauce or yeah. The uh, so historically, the uh, American version of an Alfredo sauce comes from because uh, so they've been having they had proper Alfredo sauce in the U.S. or cream sauce. Well, the Italians uh, probably brought it, yeah. Well, uh, it was brought over by... Back, it was brought back to the U.S. by a celebrity in the 20s. And, like, one restaurant knew how to... Made it properly. I don't know why I say any of that. Um, and then they would see it in magazines and whatnot. And then people would go and ask their local chefs, like, if they could make that. And they just looked at it mm-hmm. and the description... And they were like, oh, okay, I can make that. And then a lot of them started using heavy cream because they didn't know yeah. about emulsifying butter and cheese. For, okay, for sure. If I was trying to, like, mass produce Alfredo, that's what I would do because it's much easier. Making actual Alfredo is kind of a pain in the ass. It kind of is. It's, like, super, super worth it. But the only way that I would ever do it is for, like, two people in my house because it's... A lot of work. They have, well, we saw the restaurant hack once from Babish. We just haven't done that. Where they do it in a blender. Yes, we did. And that's kind of how restaurants do it if they want to do good ones. But a lot of them do the Olive Garden style where it's just creamy, yes. heavy cream and white sauce. And there's like, I don't mean to disparage heavy cream white sauces because they're like some of my favorite things in the universe to make. <laughs> it's like one of the first things I learned to make, and I make it all, make different versions of it all the time, forever. It's just because you couldn't have it growing up, or you had very well, part few of opportunities to have it. Part of it, up. why I like it so much, is like kind of like along the lines of the mayo thing. Like my mom just hated it and wouldn't cook it, and then add on that my sister has a dietary restriction and can't have dairy, so we wouldn't have like. A lot of things with cream. She would make stuff sometimes, but, you know, it wasn't you, often. You're not going to leave out an entire child just because, you know. 
Right. It wasn't. A, it wasn't often. Or you're not. You're gonna make a whole alternative dish for one kid. So I really liked cream sauces, and whenever I would like go out, I would always get cream sauce because I'm like I can't get it at home, and it was one of the first things I learned to make, and it's really yummy and good and i don't think anyone should ever not do it because it's not authentic you know well if we did if we only ever did authentic things food would be a lot more boring yeah exactly you wouldn't have innovations that you have now so i mean yeah it's i uh... guess if you're gonna loosely base strong hey this recipe on i guess if you subbed out the parmesan for a blue cheese for a gorgonzola Gorgonzola is a blue cheese. Yes, I know. I was naming a specific blue cheese. <laughs> a square is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not a square. You're a square. Um, Anywho, I guess. I guess in a roundabout way, this is based off of something real. but Sure, it Something sure is. authentic. You, guys, you can't see my aggressive air quotes. It's sure bad for you enough to be based off something authentic. What? You don't, you just think cups of heavy cream and ounces of cheese are bad for you with fried prosciutto? Yeah. Those are hard today, apparently. Yeah, it's like really bad for you, which is, so now I don't get to make these as much anymore. Because we're trying not to eat as bad. Because our cholesterol sucks. Hey, my cholesterol, I am winning. I have the highest cholesterol. Yeah, that's not ideal. No, the biggest (laughs) number always wins. Not in golf. Oh. Damn it, you had one perfect example lined up to ruin my, uh... And not in cholesterol. Mm. Yeah, yep, yep. So, you know, we're trying to take that down one bit at a time kind of thing, you know, but... Every once in a while, every once in a while, it's a great splurge thing to have. splurge. Have a really yummy cream sauce. Mm Mm-hmm. And this makes, here's the other thing, though, about making, like, the authentic cream sauces where you don't use heavy cream. You're, if you try to reheat it, like, ah. no, you can't. It, no. I mean, you know, you if you've tried to do it with, even with a heavy cream cream sauce, it'll separate really bad the oil from the cream. And then you have to, like, bring it, you can bring it back together if you put it on the stove in a pot. Which isn't how you ever want to do it when you're making lunch. Lunch, which is where you're reheating it most of the time. Yeah. You just want to zap it and go in the microwave. Yeah, I mean, but this, it does separate, but you could still eat it and it's still pretty good. Yeah. Like, with the, with the emulsified cheese, where there's, where there's no, like, middle ground thing, like the heavy cream, like, there's no liquid to keep things kind of together, it's like... You make it and you eat it right then. Otherwise, it immediately starts to separate. Yeah. So, it's, you know... I mean, if you're like me, the best thing about getting cream sauce pasta at a restaurant is that you get to eat it for lunch tomorrow. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, but what does that have to do with your first impressions of this dish? I gave you mine. I thought this wouldn't work. <laughs> What was your first impression? Um, of this my dish? first impression is it's a creamy sauce, and I love creamy sauces. And oh, I would, okay. I want to put gorgonzola in my creamy sauce, please. Well, Thank you. You did, and um, it worked. And oh yeah, and also that it just looks pretty easy to do to me, based on the um, 
we only have the written directions because the video is like it's part of a Nina Garden basic uh, back to basics barefoot contessa episode so I can't really share the link per se but I watched the video and that's how I got the idea for it I'm like oh yeah totally like this seems super straightforward it's it's, it's like even easier than making the normal cream sauce that I usually make because you're basically just basically <sighs> make fun of me no I will it's funny you're, you're, <laughs> you're kind of just taking, um, like, a really big flavor bomb and blowing up your cream sauce with it, flavor bomb being the cheese. So you, you don't have to worry so much about it lacking. Because the biggest thing with cream sauce when you make it is you don't want it to be boring because it can so easily taste like nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, so with this one, you don't have to worry about building up as much flavor because you're going to drop a big stinky cheese in it and it's going to taste like cheese. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Which to me... In I'm, the best way possible. To me, I'm like, that's a bonus. That's easy. Right? Um, it's, yeah, it's just like a pared down version of what I already do to make cream sauce. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Yeah, so I figured when I was looking at it that the cheese would help just help hide that it's a boring cream sauce. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't think your cream sauces are boring, but I get where you're coming from where most cream sauces are just creamy salt and that's all the flavor that yeah. a lot of people put into their sauce. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And oh, oh, oh okay. Another note about heavy cream. Use... If you're thinking about buying a jar of cream sauce, Kill yourself. don't do that and make a heavy cream sauce. Like, don't, just don't buy the jar. <laughs> the jars, I find the jars horrifying because, and I'm not talking about red sauce. Red sauce jars, I don't like anymore because I just know I can make a better sauce easily now um, than you can get in the jar. But, Even but I Rayo? used to, I, yeah. I it's know. fine. I don't get it. I, I, I used I actually, to use them even, a lot, though. Even, un, like, doctored and undoctored uh, Rayo sauce, I don't care for it at all. It's fine. It's fine. I would rather have doctored Classico or um, something like that. No, I don't think I agree with you there. I think I'd rather have Rayo, but... That's your opinion. I think Rayo's is, like... I don't care for it. I think it's the best... You can get in a jar, but I still think it's in a jar and it's not very good. I just, I don't, I've never cared for it. Yeah, it's, but I'm, I'm like, I totally get if you're buying jar red sauce. Rayo being the R-A-O, also called Rao, but apparently it's Rayo. The family calls it Rayo. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They do. It's out on TV. Um, (laughs) so... Anyway, so red sauce, fine, I get it. White sauce, it's it's just appalling. Like because if it's you, not the same. Just looking it's at not it, even close. just looking at it, you're like, what? <laughs> because well, here's the thing: to make it um, not separate, right? To make it stable in a jar, the amount of garbage they have to put in it is just like unfathomable. Mm-hmm. Um. 
And, you know, and it doesn't make it taste better. They just lean on the the processed Parmesan cheese flavor so much. Right. So those jar sauces. Everything ends up tasting really fake. You know that green uh, Parmesan cheese shaker cheese? Which has a place. It has a place, but not in my sauce. That craft stuff. Yeah. It, ha- it totally has a place. You know what the place is? On chicken wings. On chicken wings. It's great. But, but uh, I mean, generally you don't... Well, here's why you don't want to use the sauce. Because it's, it's like, made to not stick to itself. And what you want to do in a sauce, you want... You want everything you want everything to stick to itself and make a sauce and break down you that want it to stick? that cheese is made to not do that so same thing with any cheese that you buy pre-grated it's coated with stuff to make it not stick together so if you're trying to get it to stick together for a cheese sauce or whatever you got to use fresh grated cheese yep it took us way too long to learn this we learned it the hard way and just Take it from us. And also, don't ever buy cream sauce in a jar. It's so disgusting. It's so gross. Just do, just make this. Because this is very basic, easy. Very basic. Very easy. Um, Would you say that making this is as easy as shopping for this recipe? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, there's not that many ingredients. Pretty straightforward. There's not that many ingredients. Why don't you tell me about it? <laughs> Apparently, I went to the school of bad acting. Yeah. Well, the ingredients, like, I'm looking at the list and it all fits. Not like there's, like, maybe eight, you know? Well, that's the, <laughs> that is the thing about cream sauce. You don't get a lot to hide behind, right? Even if you're not dropping a bunch of tasty cheese in it, that's, that's why cream sauce is hard. It's not hard, but it's not easy if you don't know what you're doing. That's why a lot of people lean on the jarred sauce right because the jarred sauce has more flavor it has it has flavors already in it it's just bad flavor that is uh <laughs> something i'll agree with but people look at that and they go but at least it has flavor i don't know why uh, but just make your own you can make your own you can do it yeah it's super easy to shop for this i think i the directions on this are crazy basic, and I am fairly certain that I did not follow them very well. I really well. I know we got the wrong proportions of um, of cheese. We had too much, um, which is a great problem. To yeah, have. that was fine. That wasn't an issue. We had the wrong proportions because the. Um, it wants four ounces, and we and had... we only had, like, five or six is how the jar we was We had sold. six, so I was like, eh, fuck it, and I just Bucket. put all of it in there. It was good. Fuck it, fuck it. Yeah, it was, it was good. Fine. <laughs> um, no, you didn't follow because you made your cream sauce and then just added cheese. Did I use white wine and yeah. chicken broth? No, you used white wine, though, because you always do. Well, I usually use white wine and chicken broth. Do you? Yeah. Well, oh, I don't know. Maybe you did. I can't remember. It was so long ago. I know. I can't. I maybe. I'm pretty I, sure you just made your version of a cream sauce and then added the cheese. Maybe you didn't reduce it as much as you normally would before you added the cheese. No, I would have. If I was gonna use the wine and chicken broth method, I would have reduced it a bunch. I'm almost certain you didn't follow this. I don't even have to look at this to know that you didn't. Uh. 
Yeah, it would probably still be good if you followed it. It would probably still be good because the <laughs> Gorgonzola does all the heavy lifting. It does. So, Gorgonzola, I mean, <clears throat> you can find it pre-cubed up. I think we found the block option too, but you were like, but why? We're just going to crumble it. Yeah, we're just and... going to melt it. So, but, you know, I mean, we did just say, like, don't buy the... I feel like crumbles are the exception. It really depends on what you're trying to do with it. Well, so you're, if you're trying to melt, theoretically... Then the crumbles are great. Well, theoretically, wouldn't they be covered with the same crap that the other stuff is? It depends on the cheese. Because they don't... It Maybe they don't, because they don't clump. It's just... No, yeah, it depends on the cheese. But Well, see, you're talking the difference between crumbles and shreds. Yeah, like when Crumbles you... more or less could be the... Like, because when they form it, you know, there's always extra cheese. Yeah. So when they form it could in the blocks, like crumbles could just be the shit that falls off, for all I know. Could be. Uh, it's... I don't know. Um, but I don't know. We didn't have an issue, though. We didn't have an issue with it separating and not wanting to stick. Yeah. So if, you have, I mean, if you've ever bought gorgonzola or blue cheese crumbles, like, you don't... You're, you're not going to find, like, shredded... Blue cheese, usually. No, you're either going to find a block <laughs> or you're going to find a crumble. I don't think they put the the anti-caking agent on crumbles, but that's because because it's on things like Parmesan or um, like cheddar and things that get weirdly dry once you break them off from the main block. Well, they also just like stick like glom on. Like if yeah. you ever shredded a bunch of cheddar cheese it's like it like already is a ball when you pick it up yeah you know <laughs> i don't know i don't know what the difference is but i'm almost certain they don't put that caking agent on there with cornstarch it's just cornstarch mm. okay well and even if they did in this case it'd be great because it helps thicken the sauce this does did not make the sauce want to split so if you have, I mean, if you have access to really good gorgonzola cheese well, that comes in that. a block, oh yeah, use But that. we went with the crumbles because it seemed like a better idea at the time. Yeah. I'm looking at your notes and I do remember this being really annoying about the prosciutto. Yeah, yeah. So Winco, you know Winco, we Where love the winners go. We love Winco. Uh, except that when we needed prosciutto, they like all of a sudden stopped selling it. Prosciutto, something that they've had. All the time, every time I walk by it, yeah, they always it's right have there. It. It's always an option when I actually need it. Double pancetta. Yep, they're just out. But they, they, just they, out. they were out for like a couple for of weeks. weeks. Yeah, we're I like, remember we kept what? checking. Like, what is going on? Why we had to no go to we had to go over to Albertsons. I think that's where we got the gorgonzola too. Was from Albertsons. I maybe having made this once though. I would be like, if you can't find prosciutto, like, don't worry about it. Just use pancetta. I would agree with that. Uh, you could you could do bacon. I wouldn't. Uh, no, bacon's going to add too much of a smoky flavor. Yes. Yes. So I would opt for prosciutto or pancetta. Yeah. You got to keep it with the unsmoked Italian meats. Yes. I yeah. say that not knowing if prosciutto smoked or not. I don't think so. I think it's just cured. Yeah. Perfect. I'm right. Um, yeah, I think it's just cured. So, yeah, that was annoying. Thanks, Winco. <laughs> they have prosciutto now, though. I know. They brought it back, but it was like... They were just out for a while. I don't know why. 
Their supplier sucks. Apparently. It's the same supplier that they've always had. I don't know. They just shorted our store for some reason. I guess. I guess. And then everybody was making prosciutto. Right. Melons and prosciutto. Perfect. I love those. <laughs> that is a really weird combo, but it's really good. Yeah, sweet and salty. It's honestly, it reminds me of, uh, this, apparently this isn't unique to my grandparents. People who have, like, older parents or grandparents have experienced this, but, like, a lot of older generation people, especially if they smoked, will put, like, salt and pepper on melons. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, watermelons and cantaloupe and honeydew, just, they put salt and pepper on it, and it's really strange. But it's not, I mean, it, it was, like, kind of a common thing, apparently. But my, my grandparents always used to, like, put salt on their cantaloupe. And I was like, huh. You know, so I'm a little kid over there eating some cantaloupe. And I'm like, well, I'm going to try it. And I loved it. I was like, this is amazing. Why doesn't everyone salt their cantaloupe? I mean, the salt just brings out the natural flavor of the cantaloupe. The pepper, that's just a choice. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't, mine didn't do the pepper, but I've heard people that do pepper. Um, you know, watermelon, that tastes fine with salt. Eh, honeydew, eh, I like it with cantaloupe a lot. So then you, so you wrap like a salty bacon around a melon and it's like, yeah, of course. Of course it's delicious. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, this, speaking of these cheeses and blah, 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 though, it is a little bit pricey for those base ingredients, depending on your area. Yeah, well, yes, and also if you use wine, you gotta buy a bottle of white wine, like 15 bucks for a decent bottle. Yeah, we always, we almost always go with some form of a Justin, because it's consistent and consistently available. Yeah, most grocery stores have Justin Sauvignon Blanc, and it is not by any means like a really good Sauvignon Blanc. But it's a great cooking Sauvignon Blanc. But it's good for cooking, and it's good enough to drink it with the food. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> it's, like, there's so many things that aren't that good about it, but it's, like, it's fine, you know, for it's what it is. very fine for what it is. So, wine, the cheese, it's a little pricey for crumbled cheese, especially because you're going to dump it all in there. Yeah, the gorgonzola is not, I mean, blue cheese is just not super cheap. No, blue cheese is not super cheap. The prosciutto, depending on how much prosciutto you want in there, it it gets a little pricey. Um, And yeah, I mean, you know, of the pantry items, maybe pasta. uh, Right, you get your seasonings. (laughs) You got pasta and like. I mean, I don't know who just has heavy cream laying around all the time. Except for us. Well, that's because we never use it all, but that's a different issue. We have heavy cream all the time. Yeah, and uh, honestly, we don't use it frequently enough, so usually we dump it out when we need it again, because I have no idea how long that's been in there. Mm. I mean, it has a longer shelf life than than regular milk. milk, Yeah, but... Still. I just the fact that it's like always in our fridge. I'm like, I swear, I'm trying to diet, but <laughs> it's always there. Just I like cream, just in case. Um. <laughs> so yeah, shopping. Otherwise, uh, most of this stuff should be easily gettable at any major grocery store, though. 
Yeah. Yeah. Gorgonzola might be like a little bit of a trick. Not anymore. I mean, unless you're like, I don't know where you would be where Gorgonzola would be hot. Well, you know, but fuck nowhere. I know there's people who live there. Probably listen to our podcast. Hello from but fuck nowhere. You mean to but fuck nowhere. The people (laughs) of but fuck nowhere. Um... Yeah, either way, I don't think you would have a really hard time getting any of these ingredients unless they're just randomly out that week. In a, in a pitch, yeah, you could do bacon, but it's like the last option. Yeah, it would still be good, but it's just not quite the same. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you got guanciale, like, well, where do you live? Over. But yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about cooking this shit. Uh, so, yeah, so to me, I, I already talked about this a little bit, it's, it's a very, it's a pretty easy cream sauce recipe, there's nothing that's really that crazy about it, um, I think I actually did follow this. Yeah, okay, I have no idea. Because I was, because I didn't want to, like, overdo things, because I didn't know how the gorgonzola was going to interact with everything. That would also make sense. So I think... I think I just did what um, what the recipe says to do, um, which is just real basic. So, anyway, um, uh, it is sort of to me. It's it's kind of a beginner recipe. There's nothing. It's the really... only thing that's that's kind of technique-y is getting the prosciutto crispy. So okay, so. Can you grab the directions again? I want to see. I'm pretty sure you're right that it says to chop up the prosciutto into strips. Does it? Yeah, cut crosswise in half inch thick matchsticks. Don't do that. Crisp it first. If you do... because So the problem is if you do that, you're going to clump it into a pile, right? Yeah. And then when you throw it in the pan, some of them are going to get crispy... And some of them just aren't going to get contact with the pan. So if if you leave them as strips, do it in batches. It'll take a little bit longer. But if you actually want the texture, do like two, maybe three at a time in a nonstick pan, depending on the size of your pan. Little bit of oil, not much, just a little bit. You know what you could also probably do is you could probably just lay them on a baking sheet and broil it. We tried that one time, and I just didn't like how it came out for a different recipe. It didn't get crunchy. Not to my liking. I think the pan is the best method. It'll take a little bit longer, but I think it's the best method. But and then then cut it up afterwards. So you don't get the proper strips, you might get some crispy prosciutto crumbles, but... Yeah, it's like, it's trying to create this really specific effect, and that's, it's partly why it's named Strong Hay. I get what it's trying to do, but... But I don't, yeah, I don't know that it, it makes that much of a difference. Or, or you can do it and make it a little crispy, but, uh, like you said earlier on, it wants you to put the prosciutto crispy prosciutto in like really early yeah it wants it should really be more of a like a last minute like toss through like everything's done and you're tossing it all together all right throw the prosciutto in now you know almost as a topping yeah it was it was like you'd have to put it on 
Otherwise, it's like just, you would have to top the plates with it because it's you, just gonna lose its crispiness. If you mix it with the sauce, it like gets weighted down and it's not crispy anymore. So it's, you would have to like take it, put it to the side, and like just I sprinkle st- it over the pasta at the end. I still think trying to fry it as larger pieces is also better. Maybe, but that's my opinion. I don't know. It Maybe was, there's something I don't know there. I mean, it was good cooked in butter. It was still good. It's <laughs> not the issue, though. It's just it's the inconsistency. You start to pull some pieces mm. out, and they're all clumped up, and some of them are getting overdone, and the other ones are barely cooked at all. Yeah. Yeah. It It is kind of hard to do. That, that is way. the very nature of cooking pre-chopped things. Mm. And prosciutto, because it's so thin, it doesn't have... A lot of leeway. It's either crispy or burnt or yeah. not textured at all. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, and then if you want it, yeah, we just talked about that. Add it at the end if you want to keep it crispy. Um, definitely, definitely. I'm going to steal your thunder on this. Need the pasta water. Yeah, this is like. So this is part of, this is why, like, where it, it meets traditional, right? Like, when you're making an Alfredo, you've got butter, cheese, and pasta water. And that's it. And that's, the pasta water helps everything. It's the liquid component that makes it a sauce. Kind of like when you're, like, I just made pesto for my family on in our Napa trip. That we just took. We didn't even talk about that. We talked about politics instead. Yeah, we went to Napa, California for some wine and food. And we made a couple meals at the house that we, the VRBO that we rented. One of them involved a pesto side dish. And I stubbornly refused to buy a jar of pesto because it's. It's disgusting. Jarred jarred pesto is like one of the worst things ever. I've had like four or five jarred pestos and I've thrown them all out. They taste so gross. It's gross. It's, It's not even like. Like, we've seen recipes where they're like, just take some jarred pesto and mix it through with some other stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay, so you're just going to ruin everything else that the pesto has now touched. Yeah, it's weird. It does taste Tastes absolutely bad. nothing like pesto. And my dad, who doesn't like pesto, I'm assuming, because he's, he's only ever had, had jarred it. pesto. Well, that, and he's probably never had pesto that was made correctly. But he ate this, and he actually said it was really good. Yeah, everybody was, like, really excited about over it. And I'm like, yeah, this is... So it seems like it's going to be wrong, right? The thing that everybody does wrong with pesto is they try to make it into a sauce and not a paste. Oh, I remember you talking about this. Because pesto... Pesto is not even... Like, it's not, first and foremost, a, a pasta sauce. It's a paste, that you can spread on like bread, right? That's that's like basic pesto. That's what it is. I wonder if pesto started out as a way to like use up um, herbs that were gonna. Oh yeah, probably. That were gonna go bad. Or bruised or, or ugly looking. Mm-hmm. You totally can. And then oh well, if I'm just gonna blend the shit out of it, and then you put it with the oils to preserve it, so it'll last a little longer. Yes, yeah, so so if you think about it that way, like, pesto is a spread, not a sauce, then what I'm going to say next makes more sense. So if you want to make it a pasta sauce to coat pasta, you take, 
your paste and pasta water from the pasta that you're cooking, so it's full of starch, and you mix the two. You just spoons of paste, you know, on top of the pasta, and you're going to be like, this is really weird and wrong and bad, but it's, but not. it's not. Just do it. It is. You put the bunch of pasta water in there, you know, cup or whatever with the... with the uh, as, as needed to your taste. With the paste, and you just take tongs and, like, swirl it all around until it... Mix it up real good. It turns into a sauce. It yeah. turns into a sauce. It sticks to your noodles. And it tastes amazing. And it tastes with great. Yes. Watch his pesto so- uh, sauce recipe. Yes. There's a bunch of weird ones, but the original is... It never fails. It's great. And it's once you make it a couple times, you, like, don't even really need a recipe. It's... No. Nope. There's, like, five ingredients, and it's really easy. Yep. It's crazy easy, and as soon as you, like, get past what you think pesto is in your head, you'll be able to make good pesto. Yeah. <laughs> you so, know, same thing with cream sauce. Well, as soon as you get... Cream sauce and oil sauces are the same. You have to, like, get past the idea that that the it's already a sauce, that your sauce is separate from your noodles. Because it's, it's, like, it's all one dish, and they, they come together at the same time. Yeah. Um, I it's so interesting how much the um, the American perception of how to serve pasta is wrong. Like it's so wrong. Well, because it, it's like American. It's the like classic you have... pasta on a plate with the red sauce spooned on top. It's like it's a your, gravy. Made your fucking Norman Rockwell beautiful picture, and it tastes bad. Well, it's it doesn't always taste bad per se. It doesn't incorporate. It doesn't That's incorporate. Why, so I've always been a I need extra sauce kind of guy, and when we incorporate the sauce right, I don't need the extra sauce. I still put a little extra on because of old habits. Yeah. But when I'm going to someone's house and they're like, "Get a spoonful of pasta and then spoon your sauce on top," I'm drowning that plate in sauce. Yeah. So I can try and get some fucking flavor on those noodles. Yeah, and then at the end, and then you get done, and there's like that runny tomato water on the so bottom of your the plate. So the tomato water. It's so gross. The tomato water is there to be absorbed by the noodles in the pan. It's, I mean, it's already your your sauce probably sucks. Wow. Just that's probably what's happening. <laughs> if I can see pieces of tomato and pieces of ground beef, like it's bad. Wow. It's chilly now. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it should not look like that. <laughs> no, it should be a deeper, more come together red. But um, but yeah. So yeah, American is very like. Here's a plate. Here's a bowl of pasta that we're gonna serve to the table. That sometimes is just plain, you know, or maybe it has like a little bit over the top, but it's not. You know, it's a gravy. It's like you put a turkey on a plate and you put a little gravy over the top. Then you have a gravy boat for more gravy. You have a sauce boat for more sauce. That's not how you're supposed to do pasta. Yeah. And it's a bummer when you do it. <laughs> yeah. So you gotta, you gotta stop doing it. Um, oh, I just realized that it also, when you do it that way, it leads to, not a fight, but like uh, people push to be the first to get that scoop. Because whoever goes first to get the noodles... It's all the sauce on the top. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And if there's no extra sauce, like, that's when... 
Well, I shit think gets cutthroat. You should like. I'm not opposed to extra sauce. There's usually extra sauce, and no, you, there's you usually can extra. Put it out there on the side. It's great. But just... when people do the just plain noodle sauced on top, and they put it all on top, and there's no extra. Well, that's just a bad plan. Well, yes, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> You've had those dishes. Oh, right? we were just talking about that recently with the garnish, like where people put. Uh, parsley, like my mom insists on putting parsley on every Italian thing. Like parsley, what? No, not parsley. Basil, it's Italian. <laughs> I understand that it's parsley. The parsley is a holdover from is like Italian. Like they have, they have Italian parsley. It makes sense in certain applications, but like on a red sauce, why basil. is it parsley? Put basil. Because uh, restaurants do parsley because it's cheaper. Anyways, we were talking about cream sauces. Uh, yes. We were. Um, you need the pasta pasta water. water is important for cream sauce. Mix that together with your cream. Uh, and then. Definitely have to do the incorporated sauce pasta in pan. You can't toss this on the serving plate. Uh, yeah. Or on your individual plate. Your, yeah, your sauce is going to be a little... It's not going to come together. It's just weird. It doesn't come together right. No, because you got to heat the sauce onto the noodle. Mm-hmm. So that way it stays on the noodle. And it doesn't just kind of schlep off. It's like a laminate coat. <laughs> you know I mean? It really is. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like that, that technique and... Um, that, I mean... Going along with that, Alton Brown taught us that you need to... Oh my god, our parents fucking lose their mind at this technique. I'm sorry. This makes mom's heads explode, like, everywhere. But, try it. Um, so you... Try it. Watch their heads explode. It'll be pretty funny. (laughs) It is. So you, um, when you're gonna boil pasta, you usually, well, typically, right, in, in America, you would take a big, huge pot... And put, like, a ton of water in it and boil the water. And then put the pasta in once it's boiling. Uh, So Alton Brown's method that he suggests for pasta that we now always use if we're making something where the pasta water needs to be incorporated into the sauce is you take a shallow pan, like, could be just, like, a 12-inch skillet if your pasta fits in that. Um, Like, the shallowest pan you can handle and... Put the pasta in first. The shallowest pan that'll fit your noodle, because like yeah, like spaghetti needs a long. Uh, uh, yes, you need like a skillet to fit the whole noodle in there. But if you're doing like um, now, if you're if you don't have a pan big enough, you can use the tall soup, you know, sauce soup pans, stock pans. I'm talking about. Pots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can use the tall pots if you have that and you don't have a long enough one. You can totally do that. Just put the pasta in first. Eat, any way you slice it, put dry pasta in a dry pot. And then you want to fill up. If you're in a shallow pan, you want to fill up till it's just like about a, an inch or half inch above. About an inch. Above the noodles. The water level. And you want to boil it together with a lot of salt. If it's a big, like, soup pot, put the pasta in there, fill the water up to, like, 
just under half of the long pasta if you're trying to use like a long pasta and what I mean as it as it cooks the pasta will get bendy and you'll be able to stir it in and it works fine um but yeah I mean <laughs> yes try and do this and everyone loses their minds <laughs> so yeah they freak out the timing is different you can't go based off of the box recommendation yeah you kind of takes you being a little more involved but it's more like you you have to just like try the noodles to make sure they're okay but the the shallower water and the shallower pan it's starchier water which emulsifies better yeah and also starting with the pasta in the water builds the starch more you're just trying to build starch yes and doing the shallowest pan you can fit your pasta in is helpful because you'll boil faster. Yes. So, um, yeah, and I mean, you just need to kind of take some tongs, move the pasta around a bit, taste it when it's done. Um, it's not as set and forget as normal pasta cooking method is, but yeah, when it's usually we take like a measuring cup and like take some pasta water out before we strain the pasta. Yeah. And then. Um, Still strain the pasta so that you can use that pan that it was in, put it back in the pan that it was in dry, and then you can mix, like, you know, don't, don't make this mistake and dump all the sauce into the pan with the pasta, because you probably don't, you probably have too much sauce for the pasta. Almost always you have too much sauce for the pasta. So just take, like, a, like a, a ladle or something and, like, spoon it over Spoon it over in increments and stir it around with your tongs and, you know, cook it over like a low heat. Make sure things are getting integrated and add more sauce as you need. And then whatever's left is just side sauce. It's great. <laughs> That's your extra for those like me who really want a little bit extra. But, so you know, so long as you're always starting with uh, everything already coated in sauce... You guarantee every bite's got a little bit of flavor on it. I can't tell you the number of unsauced dry noodles that I've eaten following that Norman Rockwell gravy sauce method because you didn't take the extra couple minutes to really mix your pasta together on your plate. And I will give you, it's like it's kind of a pain if you're making spaghetti for a bunch of people. Especially for a bunch of people. It takes something that is like... <laughs> two pots on a stove and everyone served themselves takes it from being that to being a four-star restaurant experience <laughs> because yeah. you're up in the kitchen like your elbows in the air like blah, blah, like swirling around kind of feverishly trying to get things to incorporate and then yep. you have to kind of do it in batches and plate like that so it, it takes more effort it takes more effort and depending on who you're cooking for they'll get pretty annoying about the fact that why the fuck isn't the pasta ready yet but you just got to stick to your guns and tell them to get the fuck out yep just do what you're doing can you tell i'm a little annoyed about the last time we made the pasta still because we were doing it right do what you're doing and everybody will think it's great i mean yep it's better um and especially if you're just doing like dinner for two or four or something oh small groups it's so easy. it's really easy it's not it's only hard when you're making a huge amount and you just you can't really do everything in one batch because yeah. you're because you are trying to cook it a little bit, 
to get it to incorporate and if you have way too much stuff in the pan it's not gonna really do it um so i mean yeah i'm like this is that's how they make your plate of pasta so good at those restaurants that you like they do this <laughs> they do i've seen them i worked in an italian air quotes italian restaurant yes and i watched them make every pot plate sauce to order right yeah exactly and then the, and then they put a big pat of butter on top just to mm, butter because <laughs> it tastes better that's the other thing we forgot in our sauce <laughs> what the orange sauce that we made last night oh there's supposed to be butter there's supposed to be butter in there there's supposed to be butter and honey yeah that's okay that sauce was really fucking good but we're missing think, those ingredients think about how different it's gonna be though yeah we're gonna make it again we gotta make it again. All right. Sorry. Sorry about that sidetrack. Tangent. We made a. We made a. The last. The last two. Breaths. Two nights have been fun food like adventures for us. Fun being the eye being a subjective term. Mm. Right. Um. So tonight like, was more fun than last night. Well, no. I mean, no. <laughs> in terms of like quality of food, last night was better than tonight. But in terms of, like, the amount of fun I had experimenting, mostly because it was less work and I was less anxious, tonight was more fun. But the food was way better last night. Yeah. just took a lot longer than expected. Yeah, so last night we tried to make a main dish and a side that were both a little bit complex at the same time. We didn't realize how complex they were. And, I mean, yeah, quickly you kind of are like, oh my god, this is so much. And, um... <laughs> Uh, so we were like kind of burned out and tired and just shit wasn't really working. Like I burned the turkey breast. Like, you know, it turned out to not matter. It actually still tasted good, but you know, but it's like, oh, I burned the fucking turkey and like the, what was the other problem? Oh, the vegetable tion, like a, it's kind of like potatoes on gratin, but you use potatoes, zucchini and tomato. It's really interesting and good. Really interesting and it's good. And it's in Ina Garden and it, it's really good. But it was like wet. I don't know quite how to make it not wet, but it... Could get for an extra half hour. It was still good. <laughs> it was still really good, dude. Um. So anyway, so we, we, we had a really hard time making the dinner. But once we got it on the plate and we like finally ate it, we were like, this is actually really good. Yep. So that was kind of fun. And then tonight we made something that kind of, I was like really organized and everything came together really nicely, but then the food didn't taste that good and we're like, dang it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was a, I just, I think we just didn't care for the flavor profile. It was like a mushroom, mushroom crusted fish and it just didn't quite work with the flavors. Um... But yeah, at least it wasn't like a ton of effort just to be like, this sucks. (laughs) Yeah, at least it wasn't a ton of effort to be that disappointed. That's what I was really worried about with last night's dinner, the turkey breast. Yeah, we were like... I was was playing in Wendy's. (laughs) I was plating it, even, and I'm like, this... I don't know if this is going to even be worth eating, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So until we sat down and started eating it, we're like, this is going to suck. And it was actually Full good. on thought it was going <laughs> to suck until we started eating it. Like, oh, shit. Okay. 
Well, that's good. I mean, when I say burnt the turkey, I like burnt the skin side. And it still kind of tasted good because it had like this spice rub on it that is what burnt, basically. Because I had the heat up too high and I had it sitting there for too long. But you know when you're trying to like render the fat on the on the breast skin uh, on a grill or anywhere, you can't like look at it. You know, you get... You kind of get one. <laughs> you got you to gotta leave it alone. <laughs> you have to just leave it. And you like once you flip it, you, you can flip it back, but it's you kind of mess up the like the rendering. So, so the rendering was like perfect. It just got kind of burnt because there was so much seasoning on it. Um, and Bobby Flay's recipes are f- fucking awful. Talk, we should talk about that recipe because it sucks. <laughs> okay, put it on the list for next time. Maybe we could do it in the next three months. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, uh, what did you think of the taste of this? Did we even talk about it? We no. Well, I think you got the impression that I really like it. I did. I really liked it. <laughs> I really liked it. It was exactly what I thought that it was going to be. It was a basic cream sauce with a ton of flavor because of the cheat of the gorgonzola yeah um is it a cheat to me it's kind of a cheat because you don't have to do as much work to get it to be flavorful well because like we were talking about when i make like my basic cream sauce which is which is adapted from my mom's cream sauce that she made sometimes occasionally um (laughs) Mine has, mine involves garlic shallots, um, chicken broth, white wine, heavy cream, and parmesan, and also nutmeg, and salt, you know, salt and pepper, but that's, that's really it. There's not a thousand things in it, but you, you have to, like, be careful that you reduce things correctly. Yeah. So, you know, gar- it's like garlic and onion, or garlic and shallot. I prefer shallot. I like the delicate taste better with a cream sauce. Um, but this I, this one was fine with onions because you didn't have to worry so much about being delicate because the cheese flavor was really overpowering, like, in a good way. Um, anyway, it's basically just, it's like equal parts of white wine and chicken broth and it's like for a normal recipe it's like fourth cup to a fourth cup and you reduce that down with the um garlic and shallots until it's like very like reduced by half kind of thing and that's like your flavor base that makes it taste like something basically right and then you put uh, the cream sauce in there or the you know heavy cream Parmesan cheese, and if you have access to fresh nutmeg, which you probably do because Tampico in the stores, most grocery stores has it. Like Everybody has fresh nutmeg. Even if you go to the stupid, it's so weird to see those uh, organics bottles, the green topped ones. Oh, they uh-huh. sell nutmegs in those bottles. Yeah, it's like a little like acorn almost, and mm-hmm. you just you take like a microplane and grate it. It's, it's worth it. Totally different. It's like it's so fresh and good. And if you're making Italian cream sauces, like that is one of the most traditional ingredients. Surprisingly, yes. Nutmeg. You wouldn't think it, but it's super traditional. I only ever associated nutmeg with like uh, Christmas yeah, spices. Pie spices, but it's very 
very traditional in cream sauces, and it adds another dimension. That you didn't know was missing until you put it in there. It's, yeah, and then... Did you put nutmeg in this dish, though? This one, I don't think I did, no, because... No, you just followed the recipe. Because I was like, I don't want to mess with... You just want the gorgonzola to shine through. Yes. And it did. It was so blue cheesy. Yeah, I don't think you need to go there with this particular recipe. Um, but, you know, if you want... If you're just making a basic one, it's nice. And then you want to make sure that you reduce. It's like all it's all about reducing the right amount. You got to reduce the cream sauce till it gets nice and like thick, and also make sure that you're using freshly shredded parmesan. Yeah, make it thick. Freshly shredded parmesan is not gonna do weird stuff. Yeah, that's shredded pre-shredded parm has that corn starch corn starch starch agent that will make it. Uh, it either won't emulsify, it won't blend into the sauce right. It does, or it'll thicken the sauce in a way you didn't want. Yeah, it's it acts differently. It's interesting, but you can get away with it if that's all you got. You totally can get away. Just with buy it. a block of parm; they last forever. If you're trying to make something like out of your fridge and you have like grated parmesan, then use it. I guess it'll work. I've made it that way for a long time. Yeah, I just don't recommend it no. now, but. Uh, it's, it's like basically my mom's recipe. I just reduce things and I use regular Parmesan and I, um... Dude, I totally forgot there were peas in this recipe. Yeah, there's Sorry. peas. Sorry. <laughs> um. And I make sure I reduce it at the end to make it like a thicker sauce and not like watery. Yeah. Because that can, that's like all the time with cream sauces. They end up super watery. They very much can. Um, so I really liked this sauce, especially with the blue cheese. Um, I like blue cheese. We both like blue cheese. Uh, I agree with your note there. It says, if you don't like blue cheese, the fuck are you doing here with this sauce? Because guess what the flavor is? Blue it tastes cheese. like gorgonzola. It tastes like liquid gorgonzola. <laughs> yes. So you better like that taste. This is not like a, oh, well, you might like it in this apple. No. No, no, no. You either like it. Or you don't. It's like some ride or die blue cheese. This is not... Well, this <laughs> might be the dish that makes you go, okay, blue cheese. But if you were just like, I hate blue cheese, this is not going to change your mind. No. If you were on the fence about it, this might help. It's great. It's just... It's like... It's very... It's, it's gorgonzola. It's blue cheese. It tastes it's like gorgonzola. gorgonzola. That's... It's all it's going to taste like. Um, But, I mean, yeah, it's... Uh, it's so good. It's, it's good. It's such you a... You need to make this for me again. It's such a comfortable... We're coming into summer, so it's not going to make sense. You can make cream, pos- cream sauce in summer. It's so heavy, but though. But it's white. Oh, my God. You can't see how stupid her face looks right no, now. She made it I know. It's white. I know. I know. She just, but... she just did, like, the, the total basic white girl, but it's a pumpkin spice latte base. Yes. Um... It's, it I don't care, I'll make me. it again, it's great. Well, it you know, awesome. that's like, the people that say you can't make soup in the summertime, it's like, you never made soup then. You can make white, creamy white sauce in the summertime, you can make the soup, fuck you want. You can totally make soup in summertime, just don't make, like, super... Don't make stews. Yeah, don't make, like, stew. Make. Like, long-cooked stews. That's why, that's why people don't, didn't traditionally make soups in the summertime. Because it's too fucking hot it in It was the too house. hot, yeah, to make the house hot, and they didn't have AC. Yeah, well, now we do. Yeah. So now we do. <laughs> you know, um, I 
Oh, I did. I mentioned the wine pairing. I brought wine back oh back God. into the mix. Speaking of Napa and wine. Wine. Oh, my God. It's like, Woo. if you love wine, it, it is wine mecca. Um, so I think we're like five grand in the hole on wine. <laughs> Please don't say that. No, it's not that bad. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, we bought like so much wine. But it's like, it's so different. From where you know we're in the Temecula area, there is a lot of wine here. It's a very popular wine valley, wine region. There's n- there's nothing wrong with the wines here per se, but they are just not the same. No, they're not. Um, there's there's some really good ones, and the main thing that you notice between southern regions, which I'm gonna consider Paso Robles. A more southern region. It's it's central, but I'm going to consider it more southern. You are you are very much correct to say it's more southern. It's more southern. Napa is like more northern, right? It's in northern California. It's past San Francisco, northern. Right. So it's different. It's so different. Like the temperatures longitudinally, it it shares. It's closer to France than Italy. Yes, so the temperatures are extremely different, and you get really different wines. Sorry, latitude. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> Latitudally. Latitude, flatitude. Um, they, versus Southern California and bordering Paso has more of an Italian latitude. Yes, which so that's not to say that they don't make great wines. It's just that some... They make different wines. They should make different grapes. Um, in Temecula? Yeah. yeah. Is my personal opinion. It's it's hard because like they're trying to sell to the masses. They're trying to have that mass appeal, most of these wineries. And it's like, what do people want? They want Cabernet Sauvignon. They want Pinot Noir. They want, um, you know, Sauvignon Blanc. These really recognizable names that don't grow well in this area and they don't grow well in this area so it's so it's like don't do that don't do that just either i I respect the wineries here that do blends more because of that because i'm like that's you using your stuff to your best potential and even if um like there's this one winery in paso that does some really good wines um called pelletere and they're all mostly single varietal and they do Italian varietals, which makes a lot of sense because it's on the same latitude as Italy. So you got the same, you got similar temperatures, and it's like, yes, yeah, we should all be just doing that. I don't know why we're not. I know why. It's because people don't know what Montepulciano and uh, Alianico and they just want their cabs and they want their Chardonnays and their they don't know you don't you don't know what those are. You no, know? they just want the people show up drunk and they just want the names they recognize. Yeah, well, I'll tell you right now: Cabernet Sauvignon, Pinot Noir, Sauvignon Blanc, uh, Pinot Grigio, Chardonnay. These really well-known French grapes. Not, they're not good in southern climates. They just aren't. No, you need your Italians. And your North African grapes. Yeah, you're, you're going to do better with with those um, things that grow Medi- better in Southern Mediterranean grapes. <laughs> you're going to do better with things that grow better in the, in the hot. The heat. 
Yes. Yes. So, it so, all yeah. it all logically makes sense, and like every farmer ever is like, duh. But you know, but it's, that's not what the... <laughs> they're still trying to sell. And you can get a good cab of in Temecula, but honestly, the really good ones aren't from Temecula. Is the thing, like the grapes aren't from Temecula. So, and I, I'm like not even saying that those grapes that everyone loves so much are the best grapes. They're not. I don't think they're the best grapes. I think there's some good. They're good. They can be really good. But I think like, I just think any grape is good if you treat it correctly and grow it in the right place. Yeah. Like I like everything. I, the only thing I don't care for too much is sweet. But even like a really good Riesling or a Gewurztraminer tend to be sweet but i they're they can be really good so you know just do do the grape that you're trying to make wine out of justice and don't be dumb but also don't try and force a grape into an area where it's not gonna thrive yeah i mean what's why why do that um so what did you pair with our din din uh, for this blue cheesy sauce. For this particular one, we had blue a Chardonnay, and I want to say it was an Adelaide Chardonnay. Probably. Adelaide has a great Chardonnay. <laughs> They're from Paso. They're from Paso. They have a great Chardonnay. I get it every shipment because it's so great. Oh, you have one sitting downstairs right now. I know. <laughs> and it just, it's really, really nice. It's like, Chardonnay is like a... It's, <coughs> It's like a really full-bodied full white wine, which is why a lot of people don't like it because... They it, want more of a water white? Because their expectation of a white is light and fruity and, like, crisp. Um, Chardonnay is, like, deep and buttery, and it can be crisp. It can have some fruit notes, but it's it's going to be, like, it's darker. It looks darker. It's a deeper flavor. It's just different grape. Um, yeah. It's very hit or miss for me, but I when they hit, yeah. they hit hard. Yeah. In the goodest way. It's, goodest. I feel like Chardonnay is like the equivalent, like the white equivalent of Pinot Noir. It's either really good or it's not. You know, there's a lot of really bad ones because they're kind of hard to make good. But the good ones are like, oh, yes, this is, like, the wine that I've been searching for. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it was delicious. And, yeah, it's great with this because you have the creamy, buttery pasta with the bacon. goes really nice with, a, with like, an apple tart kind of um, buttery thing. <laughs> wine. Um, Whoa, did you run out of words there? Yes. Just for a second. But I also would... This is definitely, because of the Gorgonzola, this is one that you could pair with a light red wine and you would have a good time. Like a Pinot Noir would be great with this or a Sangiovese. Um, or something of that nature would be really nice. Um, but yeah. So, that's what we did. That's what we did. Let's <laughs> wrap it all up. We gotta rate this shit. What would you say in your rating scale? What's the numbers out of? Uh, God, I am terrible at like 
Who gave me these speaking lessons? I don't know. One, it's uh, one to five. One to five. Five being the best, and there's no half numbers because we're not little baby bitch boys over no here. No fence sittings allowed. Yep. Ease of use. I mean, this is, to me, this is like, I can make this in my sleep because I make this all the time. Um, but... I don't, and there's not even that much technique to it. Because even if you don't get the prosciutto super crispy, it's prosciutto and it's it's fried in butter and it's delicious. Like, there's no way to mess this up unless you don't, uh, the only way to mess this up is if you don't get the sauce to come together. I was going to say, the only way, you can mess this up by splitting the sauce if you overheat it. Yes. So, yeah, so when you're making a cream sauce, you got to be really careful not to boil the sauce. Um, you want light simmers always. Boiling sauce is going to result in a split sauce. And uh, there is a way to fix that, supposedly. And I, I don't know what it is. I, th- uh, I want to say it's... So, I mean... If, if you notice that it's, like, starting to split, you can usually save it if you turn the heat down and, like, just sit there and stir it really quickly. Sometimes you can save it. I also want to say if you heat it up, like, if it's really split and you, like, heat it more and stir it, like, like you're going to spin off the track, like, you might be able to get it back, but... It's hard. It's it's tricky to get it back once it splits. And it's because you're trying to mix oil, some kind of oil, like butter or oil and cream. And it just wants to be, like, it wants to divide. Um, so you do have to be careful about that. And this is, I mean, any cream sauce, I would say you have to, like, baby it. Like, you, you gotta sit there, because it burns, too. So you kind of got to sit there and, like, make sure that the heat's consistent enough so it keeps simmering at the right temperature to get the thickness that you want and keep stirring to make sure it's not sticking to the bottom, you know, occasionally kind of thing. It's it's like you kind of want to be looking at it every five minutes. It doesn't cook forever, though. I don't know that... You know what? I'm almost positive that the timing on this is not her time. The timing that that Ina gives on this recipe is probably not right. Why well, it doesn't cook long enough? Yeah, cause this has you. This has you like putting everything in a pot and then simmering it for five minutes. What? It's barely going to come together. It's not going to thicken in five minutes. <laughs> okay, I mean... <laughs> I mean, I guess it would be a sauce, but it's not going to be a very good one at that point. Uh, I mean, so this one also, though, the gorgonzola is a super cheat. Like, it helps with flavor, and it does help it get really thick. It does, but so, I mean, I guess you could, depending on how thin you want your sauce. To me, it wasn't really even the thickness. It's just, like, I want this to, like, integrate more together because... Like, deep flavors. If you just saute garlic and onions and then add cream and cheese and cook it for five minutes, like, what are you expecting to get from that? You're not going to get a lot of... Right. Anything. So, 
I probably I must have let this sit for like a half an hour, probably. I don't even know if it was that long, but it was definitely minutes. longer than five minutes. <laughs> like it. I know it was longer than five minutes because I'm always impatient when you're making green sauces because I want to eat right meow, and you're always like, no, it needs time, and you're always right. But I'm just impatient. It's time. You need to baby it. It's a cream sauce. And you need to baby it. Cream sauce. It's delicious. Ease of use. I'm going to say a four because if you split the sauce, <clears throat> you're fucked. Yeah. You're not fucked, but it's hard to come back. I was just looking it up. It's hard. You got you got to take it off the heat. You got to find the right liquid to add for the sauce you're making. You got to put it back. More stuff back in. You got to really whip it back together. So, like, if you mess it up, depending on how bad, you may as well just throw it out and start again. You, yeah, you really don't want to... You just, it's, you can't let it sit for, like, more than ten minutes without you watching it. Yeah. Because you gotta see what it's doing. Um, so I'm gonna call it a four out of five, because it is, besides not messing up the cream sauce, the rest of it is super easy. Yeah, it is. I mean, really, there's nothing... But that's nothing... also because you don't let me ever make cream sauces, so I don't have any practice. Because you do it so well, so I bother. I mean, yeah, it's... Cream sauces are my deal. <laughs> Your dealio, yo. Um, yeah, it's... I would give it a four as long as you listen to our advice and simmer it for, like, I mean, I would give it, like, a good 15 minutes. At least. You know. Um, you gotta give it some time. Um, I mean, yeah, you gotta, you definitely gotta give it some time. Um, so what, what is next? You took away my, my cheat sheet of knowing what's coming up next. Taste satisfaction. If you like blue cheese, (laughs) five out of five. If you don't, zero. This is a cream sauce, so, like, it's five out of five for me. Because, like, all I want in life is, I, I feel like my deathbed meal would be, like, probably, I know this isn't carbonara, but it would be something adjacent to carbonara. Because <laughs> you get your bacon, green peas, and cream sauce. It's like the best combination in the universe. It's one of the, my favorite things ever. So, you know, and this is even more interesting because it's got a big bold cheese in it. I mean, I can't, you can't get better than that for me. I mean, I, you know, I don't care about peas, but the peas, it's a nice, uh, it actually is nice in here, really breaks up. Some of the fattiness. Yeah, well, you have to have some something. Well, you do, but you and know, the pea just gives you like a like a little pop a little of pop, sweetness. Little burst. Yeah. yeah, it's delicious. And the, again, I don't care for peas, but it's necessary in this one, and it's delicious. Some things have peas where I'm like, I guess, like depending on my mood, fried rice. I don't care about peas in it. Uh, peas and carrots. I mean, it depends. Depends what you're doing. It doesn't have but, to be. But, like, for this, even for carbonara, I know that there's only, you know, it's peas and bacon. That's the thing. I could do without the peas. But this, need the peas. Because it's a good sauce. It's a. Because you're just going to, like, die of fat yes. overload if you don't have something. Exactly. <laughs> something in there to. God ass on to help. break it up. Like, yeah, there's a different 
So you got the bacon with the super salty, and then you have peas with the super sweet, and then just everything else is richness. So it's it's like a really well balanced thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely five out of five for my taste. But I also like blue cheese. Well, yes. So. With the disclaimer of, but the, it just if you don't like it, don't make this. <laughs> no. That's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah, if you don't like blue cheese, why are you even making this sauce? Yes. Um, cost effectiveness, we kind of talked about. It's not the most cost effective, but it's also not that crazy. I mean, you probably have pasta already. Um, you want to you wanna be careful what pasta you use for this. Like, personally, fettuccine is, like, my go-to for any kind of Alfredo-type sauce because I just think it takes really well to it and um you know bacon and peas aren't it's not like a big piece of sausage where you can't get it in a bite with long pasta kind of thing so it makes sense um but I don't know maybe like a three maybe like a three because you do have to get prosciutto or Either prosciutto or pancetta are both pricey They're items. both pretty pricey for the, such the small amount. Like the same amount of uh, four ounces of prosciutto or pancetta, you can get a whole pound of bacon. Right. Depending on what store you're at. Right, yeah. So Most it, stores. It, 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 and then the gorgonzola it, is pricey too, so, you know. Yeah, it can really, it can really rack up. I'm going to give, well, I'm giving it a three because I, it's not like completely unreasonable because there's not a hundred ingredients, you know, and like garlic and basil, which I don't even think we use basil, honestly, but hers has like basil as a garnish. No, it does. Did we not use it? Oh no, I think we did. Yeah, we did. Because oh, why wouldn't yes. we? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Very, very good. Again, with the, along the lines of the peas, you like need some like brightness yeah. you need like herb to cut through and yes the basil leaves and yes we julienne them because it's better um when you're trying to it's better when you're trying to get basil like you're garnishing with it and you want like a big piece of basil mm-hmm. julienne's better i i want to say four but it's it's probably a three for yeah. cost effectiveness. Yeah. It's not expensive, but there's so few things in it, you know? So, like, the there's there's not a lot of things to spread the cost over to be like, well, I bought 20 things and yeah. it only cost, you know, $50. Not even that. I bought 20 things and it cost $25 for this whole meal. That, But, you know, this is, I bought, like, eight things and it cost $25. Well... Yeah, and the thing is, if you want to scale this up... Oh, if you want to scale it up, it's going to get real pricey real quick. You're going to have to buy more meat, and yeah. that's the expensive part, and, that's and more cheese. That's bacon. And more cheese. So, you know, you can totally make this for a bunch of people, but... Um, the, the cost does go up pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I that's why I'm giving it a three. It's not It's not super cheap. Uses a lot of fresh things, not yeah. a lot of things you just have. Yep. Um, so, what would you say the what the fuck factor is? Because we might have differing opinions on this. Um, I think it depends on who you are. This is why we have differing <laughs> opinions. This is, so, I mean, 
To me, I'm to like... To you, what? Three? Oh. I want to say like three, because it's not that weird to me that you would put gorgonzola in the cream in a cream sauce. I'm but going to say a four. It could be weird to other people. Like me. It was weird to me. I was like, okay, pungent cheese in a cream sauce. Yeah. Blue cheese, though? I didn't even know it would incorporate that well. I thought you'd still get chunks of blue cheese in there. So, I was really happy with trusting. I was really glad that I trusted you on this sauce because I was very much like, "Mm, nah. Well, Ina said it. Well, Ina said. Okay, I have made a lot of things for my garden, and most of them are great. Yeah. Like, she makes good shit. Um. Her recipes are (laughs) probably some of the best Food Network written recipes. Yes. Bobby Flay. Also that. Yeah, freaking Bobby Flay and Giada. De Laurentiis. You guys, I'm looking at you. Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so I give that a four on the, like, the... I was really surprised at how it turned out because I never would have thought to put blue cheese in a cream sauce like that. I think of the hard cheeses, you know, mm-hmm. your Parmesans, yeah, your Pecorino. I, I don't know that I would have thought of it. Or I, I might have thought of it, but been like, there's no way that's going to work. But yeah. then I saw somebody do it. I'm and like, you're like oh, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. That makes sense. Um, you know, so the flavor profiles, to me, not weird. That's why it's I'm saying three, because I see how some people might think it's weird. I never thought it was going to work. I don't think it's that weird. I never thought it was going to work, but because you suggested it, that's the only reason it's not a five. Yeah. Does it left over? Yes, it does. Not in this house, it doesn't. We ate it all that day. Well, yeah, I mean, that's... It was fucking delicious. That's the problem. It can left over. Yes, it can, but it does It does split. It really does. Your, I mean, your best bet for reheating, I think, is if you just take... You know, don't sauce, only sauce the pasta you're going to eat. That day. And then keep it separate. Keep the keep the sauce and the pasta separate. And you have to reheat it in a pan. Yeah, and then when you reheat it, heat the sauce in a pan and, um, like, try to incorporate it with the pasta in a pan. And you, you can probably get through. That's your, that's going to be the best outcome, I think. But if you want... To kind of, what if you want to microwave it? If you want to microwave, you can mix it. You can mix it all together. I mean, and then you can microwave it the next day. It's just you gotta know that there's gonna be some separation. Like you're gonna be eating creamy good pasta, but there's gonna be a bunch of oil in the bottom of the of the container. If if you have the time, if you do the microwave in short bursts. Don't do what Ashley does, and she goes, what? Two minutes for everything? Well, yeah. (laughs) So if you do it in, like, 15 to 30-second bursts, give it a stir, and then... I suppose, yes. But Ashley just goes, what? Two minutes, every time. To me, if I'm microwaving it, like, it needs to be no effort. Like, we're at the point where I'm microwaving, and there's no effort happening right now. If I wanted to put in effort, I wouldn't be microwaving. I mean, you can still microwave right and wrong. No. And there's, I mean, yes. There's technique. Uh, and there's those those stupid lean cuisines where they're like, 
Uh, like all the the instructions are like they don't even tell you the total cook time. You have to like add it because they're like cook it for three minutes and then take it out and then poke a hole and then do this and then put it back. And I'm like fuck you. I gotta go back to work. I mean the shitty lean cuisine. It's not gonna taste any better if I do it right. Like fuck it. I will agree with you on that. It doesn't taste any better. Just put it in there. Poke the holes. And fucking, what's the time? Add it up. Six minutes. Go. Done. Okay. <laughs> Moving on with my life. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, in terms of leftover ability, though, you gotta give it a one through five. Oh, yeah. Um, that one... It's, in terms it's of hard. does it leftover, not... It's hard because... Di- to... Not will it leftover in your house, does it leftover... Because it won't leftover in our house because well, we're going to eat it all. For me, for me it gets a four because I will eat, I will 100% eat like a bucket of oil with cream sauce. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've done it and I'll do it again. <laughs> so it's a four for me. Only it gets one point off because it doesn't like fully reintegrate. And it is a little gross that there's a bucket of oil. (laughs) But but I'm like, I don't fucking care. I'm eating it. I'm eating it. I'd give it a four, too. Because, like, it's not that hard. And, yeah, even if it splits, which it's probably going to in your microwave, it still tastes good. It still tastes great. I don't care. (laughs) It just reminds you of, like... The oil is just annoying because it reminds you of how terrible this meal is for you while you're eating it. And you're like, fuck Aww. you, just give me until I'm done eating it to make me feel bad. You know, like the grease will kind of get on your chin and like, you know, because the long pasta is like slurp up and you're like, oh, you get acne on my face now. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you feel like fat bastard sitting in the bed with fried chicken. Like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> now, this is one of those. Uh, but it, it, it was, we def, we like always try to, you know, take one serving, leave leftovers. We try not to go back, you know, like the, we keep all the pans and everything separate in the kitchen, you know, so it's not easy to get second helpings. It is, but it isn't. It's a way, right? Yeah. Um, and we try not to, but like this one, this was enough to feed four people, a hundred percent. And we were like, no, 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 fuck no, no. it. We ate all of it. So good. I don't care. So good. It was, it was really good. <laughs> because, uh, cause the hard thing with these cream sauces is it's like, you know, it's not going to be as good ever again as it is right now. <laughs> so you just want to eat it. Uh, cream sauce. Cream sauce. So, yeah, I mean, it was an adventure. It was fun. Yeah. It was delicious. This is great. And, yeah, now we need to make it again because I want to re-experience the wonder. It's been too long. Re-experience the joy. The magic of a Disney movie. What? Yeah. This is definitely making me want cream sauce. Well, um, maybe next week. <laughs> this week we're trying to be good. <laughs> yeah, we're trying. We're trying. We just made dinner and then marinated a, a skirt steak. So that way we don't have any excuse not to eat it tomorrow. So we have some Cubans. We uh, we looked back at our um, not Hello our fresh. our borrowed HelloFresh 
recipes sponsor us hello fresh no i'm just kidding uh <laughs> we so um nick's parents did hello fresh and they still do sometimes and they give you it's kind of cool because they give you the recipe card with so you can make it again later with the ingredients so if you wanted to you could just go buy the ingredients and make it yourself and we're like oh well that's kind of great because i because we like have an understanding of cooking and shopping and we're not like we don't need that part of it and we don't want to pay for that but we like the recipes sometimes but you know let's get some ideas from recipes that are just here and they you know they were like oh yeah go through the recipe so we grabbed a handful of them that we thought were interesting we were making we made quite a few of them for a while there and it's they just they got kind of samey a lot of them were like very samey a lot of them are protein potato vegetable or protein rice vegetable and it's like protein pasta vegetable okay that's what they all are (laughs) That's also what the options we're getting from my parents. That's so. true. These are only options that they said they wanted to look at. So, you know, they might have more interesting stuff than we're seeing. But anyway, we got these recipes and we just dug them out after forever. And we're looking at some of them. And we're like, well, to be fair, there was a cauliflower mac and cheese one that's actually pretty good. And we're going to make it again. So we'll see, right? Um... And then we found this one that we never made. It was like Cuban beef with... Steak. Like Cuban steak with onions and rice or something. Peppers and onions. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the ingredients list and I'm like, cumin beef. You know, and there's only, there's only like 10 ingredients. One of them is cumin. (laughs) One of them is beef. Cuban beef. Sorry, did I say cumin? Yeah, you're saying cumin. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, Cuban, no. as Cuban. in like Havana. <laughs> Cuban. I'm getting my beefs mixed up. No, you're getting your mumbles mixed up. Uh, Cuban beef, right? So Cuban pork or Cuban beef, you're thinking, well, I'm thinking like you got to marinate that overnight in like orange juice and like garlic. No, no, it's hello fresh. <laughs> no, yeah, it's just like this shitty tender, like top sirloin piece with like, cumin or cumin if you're British. It's not marinated, no, which is it's like hello fresh. How do don't you marinate anything? How do you even how do you even eat Cuban beef? Anyway, um you know, I don't know. It, it the the spice ingredients that they were like salt and pepper and cumin and oregano. That is all that goes on this beef that makes it Cuban. And I'm like, "What?" No. Uh so no. So we're going to make a proper version of that inspired by Like, oh, so excuse me, that's not going to fucking happen. Um yeah, we're gonna make a. We're, we have like a piece of skirt steak marinating with like oranges and limes and garlic and a sprig of oregano and there so is cumin. Be, there is cumin. It's gonna be very different and it's gonna be much better. Yeah, it really is. It really is. I was just kind of like, oh man, this is. You know, you go back. It's like going back to. Um, like a children's show 
And you're like, as an adult and watching it, you're like, oh, this is real simple. Yeah, but you thought it was like (laughs) the most involved thing at the time. This is, uh, yeah, okay. I definitely get that feeling with those HelloFresh recipes. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, oh, is this like baby's first recipe? Like, okay. Um, It kind of is, which, like, that's great. That's great because that's what some people need. Totally. To get into cooking. Totally. And I, we're using it as inspiration to drop off, so. I mean, it's working for something. Yeah, it is. But I don't think you're going to get anything as good as this uh, haystacks. It's not haystacks. What is this? <laughs> straw uh, and hay. Straw and hay. No, you're not. Because you know what they do to make cream sauce? They use flour, which. Oh, yeah, God. they do use flour. Oh, God. Please don't. Don't. Don't use flour. Take the extra time to thicken it proper. Don't. Please don't use flour in your cream sauce. Don't do it. Just. It. There's like some exceptions, but if it's like you're trying to make it like a like a pasta cream sauce, don't. Don't, don't do, do that. Oh, but anyway. make this recipe. It was delicious. Final warning: don't don't do dumb things like use flour in half and half. It's. Oh yeah, no, don't. don't do it. No, no. I, either, I understand that it's like diet or whatever, but mm, no. if you're eating a cream sauce, you're not dieting. I exactly. Just pick one. You know? Either either cream sauce, either, what was what it, uh, heavy cream or nothing. Well, we're trying like emulsified cheese and butter. But well, well, yeah. Don't, like you can't. <laughs> if you think don't it's half not going to work. Don't halfway. If you think it's not going to work the healthy way, you're right and it doesn't. It doesn't. We've tried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Anyways. um, we gotta go now, but okay. So thanks for tuning in to another episode of Home Cookery and Other Sins, and we'll try not to make it two months between episodes. Yes, we'll be back with uh, maybe Bobby Flay's shitty recipe for turkey breasts. We'll see. Mixed feelings on that, but <laughs> we'll. I think we should do that one next. It's, it's a good one. It's a lot of feelings. Uh, all right. All right. Anyway, mm-hmm. bye. bye.